0: Hello, everybody, and a welcome to the Post-20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 111 of the show. Welcome back, or welcome if this is your first time listening. My name's Evan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on this week, man?
1: Uh, Post-Christmas festivities. Uh, Hopefully, everybody had a great Christmas out there that's listening. Um, Normal one for me. I'm sure Evan had a similar one uh picks wise this week we both went four and three so average as long as it's positive we're getting closer to that uh that 500 record i just tossed my mouse by accident off my desk
0: (laughs) um real quick yeah i mean it's been it's been kind of you know just going how it's been going i'm done school uh i did uh graduate still waiting on the diploma in the mail but um i'm all done with that Now trying to figure out, you know, what I want to do um, to make some money. I don't know if I'm going to jump right into a career or maybe just hustle for a little bit. We'll have to see. Um, Or
1: gambling for 11.
0: I wish, man. Um, Just don't think that that's in the cards, unfortunately, for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah, um, you know, I got to see. But I'm thinking... I said all throughout COVID that I wanted to take a trip, still haven't taken the trip, and now might be a nice little time to get somewhere a little warmer. So I'm considering that, but um, right now I'm just taking it day by day, which, you know, everybody else seems to also be taking it day by day. It's all we can really do. Um, But, yeah, nice Christmas, you know, nice to see people around. Ours was interrupted by COVID, as I was just telling Matt. Um, But, you know, my immediate family is, we're all healthy and don't have it um, as far as we know. So, Yeah. Um, Shall we get into these games? Yeah.
1: We had seven out of the 10 played. uh, And then next week's we only have eight of the 10 at this moment in time.
0: Mm -hmm. So week uh, 19 of 38, halfway through the season, officially Boxing Day. Um, It was an entertaining day, I would say. There was a couple of really good games. What's up?
1: I said it lived up to all the hype. Every year, Boxing Day is like a high-scoring event.
0: It did. Um, there was a couple games where, that were really, really entertaining. Um, we'll start with one of those games that had five goals, West Ham versus Southampton. No. I said a lot of these games were really entertaining. I'll be honest. This game, um, it felt like West Ham were just always coming from behind, Um Southampton did score first in the eighth minute. Mikel Antonio drew the game level in the 49th, but in the 61st, James Ward-Prowse took one back on a penalty. They led heading into <clears throat> those last half that last half hour, really. Um, ben Rama again in the 64th, and then Bednarik in the 70th to take all three points. West Ham just couldn't get on top of Southampton in this game. Um, of course, they are... Um, you know, struggling a little bit with their squad situation, missing um, a couple of guys. You saw Masuaku get the start here. Uh, Vlasic got the start as well. For now, is in the middle of the pitch. Uh, no Antonio, he came off the bench in this one. Lanzini came off the bench as well. And you even got to see um, Andre Yarmolenko get some time in this game. And Southampton have looked better in recent weeks. They are one of those teams that I say are challenging to break down. Um, it wasn't necessarily that that got on top of West Ham. I think Southampton were um, especially potent on the offensive end of the ball in this game, you know, kind of not something we see all the time from them, but they came out firing and they finished the game strong. Uh, we were kind of talking about, you know, what's wrong with West Ham. And I just don't, my my answer really, I think is just squad depth, um, you know, there's 13 or 14 guys that are used to playing with each other every game, every fixture, every competition. And when you have to switch it up or you get rattled by COVID or injuries, you're going to lose some chemistry. And um, I just think that that's probably going to be their undoing this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, their whole back line is all backups. Um, you can consider a starter over Ben Johnson. But yeah. uh, during that run they had the beginning of the season, it was all an entirely different back line, the four of them. Um, Cresswell still is back from injury. Um, ben Johnson as well. And then you have DL, uh, Excuse me, uh, Zuma and um, Ogbonna, who's the only one that's going to be out the remainder of the season. So um, structurally big problems back there, as they've only gotten one win in, the, in their last seven competition games, or all, in all competitions in seven. Um, attack-wise, they were scoring. Ben Rama, good goal. Uh, Antonio off the bench was nice, but just kept giving up the lead to Southampton, who is a um, a, a wishy-washy team. You don't know who's going to come up uh, on the day, whether it's going to be a solid, structured Southampton team managed well or if it's going to be um, an array of just random randomness that they just can't get any structure. So um, it was the first that showed up today. Brozier played really well. He's kind of filling in that starting role there, um, taking over for Che Adams now, who's didn't take his opportunities after Danny Ings left. Um, They climb out of the table a little bit more further away from that relegation zone um, using that game in hand to their advantage. And on West Ham's end, they're falling now out of that top four chase uh, seven behind Arsenal now who's in that fourth position. So uh, they're making it really hard on themselves now, especially in this time of the year where uh, fixtures are so congested. So they really need to fix Antonio's um, fitness overall. They need to make sure he's playing week in and week out. Um, Velasic didn't really do much. The man they brought in from the Russian league this, uh, summer, um, not really a big signing, but, uh, he still needs some time, I guess. Uh, but overall, I mean, Southampton earned this win here. West Ham are starting to tilt.
0: Yeah, they absolutely are. Um, hopefully they can salvage, um, you know, their really strong start to the season in the next coming weeks, um, have a couple of cupcakes. Watford next week, uh, Crystal Palace after that. I'll uh, start playing that well. And then Leeds following that. So, three games that are certainly very winnable for them. Um, yeah. You know, they should get back into form, but we will have to keep our eyes peeled. Um, I don't even
1: know. I don't even know if there's like, I feel like we give them too much credit now. You know how, like, you, when you see a Man City game, you always think Man City's going to win. When you yeah. see a Liverpool, you always think Liverpool's going to win. I feel like we started to do that. And I don't think they fully earned it yet because they just don't have that reputation yet over over several seasons. So I don't know. I I have to think about how I look into these West Ham games because I think they're better than maybe what they actually are.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's also fair. We we were a little bit quick to jump to praise them, right? Um, I don't necessarily know why that. Well, for me, it's because I like Antonio, but um, right. and Fornals, but. Um, that, was the,
1: that was Antonio's first goal in like eight games. Yeah,
0: yeah, he was out for a while, and then, um, you know, working his way back into the side. Um, not great first goal in eight games. Unlucky. Uh, okay, Tottenham three, Crystal Palace nil. Well, Tottenham seem to look um seem to be back. They look much better than they have um pretty much the entire season. Three nil here. Kane in the thirty second, second in. Two is this two yep. in a row for him? Yep, yep. Um, Lucas Mora, one for him as well in the 34th, and then a red card for Wilf Zaha in the 37th. A little bit of uh, <clears throat> shithousery, and then uh, Huang Min Sun in the 74th, capping things off. It's nice to see your front three all get goals in this one. They played in that front triangle with Kane all the way up top, and Sun and Lucas folding in behind him, Region and Emerson as the wing backs, and then the trio of Davidson Sanchez, Eric Dyer, and uh, Tanganga back <clears throat> along that back line in front of Loris, Skip and Hoiberg, I mean, Skip's been great, I think, um, and so has Hoiberg, really, since um, Conte's come in. He's he's really kind of transformed the way that these guys are playing. I know they've been rattled by COVID. They have a lot of games in hand, um, but they look, they look so much better. There's a lot more direction in this team, I think, um, especially going forward. Uh, when you compare it to maybe Nuno Spurs. um, And they look really good. Uh, Crystal Palace, you know, continue to slide. Um, Not a lot to say about them, other than maybe we overestimated um, them and Vieira a little bit during that really good run they had. I think right now they're settling back into, you know, a, a Palace side that we've seen, Uh, A lot, you know, they're in 12th place now, which I feel like 12th to 14th is is Crystal Palace's nest, if you will. Um, They're always there. So a good result um, for fucking Tottenham. But uh, yeah, yeah, they should, you know, they should be beating Crystal Palace.
1: Yeah, it's hard to compliment them after being uh, up and down this year with Harry Kane. Now he's starting to uh, bring his head out of his shell a little bit. 2-2, 2-2, two two, like you said, but I think Crystal Palace is leveling off now, like you said. They're in their that area where they belong. Um, it didn't help with Zaha getting doubly booked, so he'll be out for the next match um, and left to his teammates pretty much uh, having no hope in this game. Um, even with him out there, they they looked like they didn't come to play. It was awful. Um, Spurs dominated the game. Lucas Moura, man of the match probably, he was involved in every single goal, um, and the back line held up on their end, so... Um, Crystal Palace really need to figure out what's going on because, uh, in their last five, they have one win. The rest are three losses and a draw. So, um, and the teams below them are starting to earn points now in Southampton. Um, and <laughs> I shouldn't even say that because besides them, everybody else below them is doing dog shit too. So it seems like, uh, everybody's trying to get relegated and it's like a thing of whoever just gets one result to go their way will be safe. So, um, It's a big separation between the teams that um, are doing very well and then the teams that just don't give a shit, or I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but um, Tottenham are doing well in their position. They still have three games in hand on the teams above them besides Liverpool, um, only having two, but they're in prime position to make a good run for top four, and I think that time off that they had with that whole two-week COVID period of canceling games, uh, postponing, I should say. Yeah. Really help them find out who they are and and um, how they fit into this Conte system. So uh, we know Conte's proven he is a a champion of this league um, with his style of play, and um, I think these these Tottenham players can get it done. But maybe one or two signings in January will go a long way for them um, going to May.
0: Yeah, defensively, I think um, Tottenham can improve. You know, this wasn't a game where that was a problem. Uh, but you know, Palace were were left left hamstrung with no. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't think they were really tested.
0: No, they weren't. Um, and I think that that is that can be a problem moving forward. You know, you're starting Eric Dyer back there. Uh, I I've had a we had conversations earlier this season where I said I don't think Eric Dyer is a long-term solution at center back. Uh, still feel that way. I think that Tottenham are a club that could uh, attract a a center back of a much higher quality, and I think. Um, that they'll be looking to improve back there. I'd be curious to see what they do in an offensive sense because I do feel that if you have Kane's son and Lucas um, firing on all cylinders as they were in this game, you're pretty much set up there. Uh, it's nice to have backup guys, but you may just want to rely on youth instead of um, you know spending that money uh, up top when you could better spend it in the back. All right, yeah. you ready to move on?
1: I was just gonna say it seems like Deli Alley's on the outskirts of yeah. uh front three. He might have to move on in his career.
0: Yeah. It's true. Um all right. North City nil, Arsenal five.
1: Big smile on your face.
0: Oh, yeah. This is the sort of result that Arsenal should be getting against Norwich City. Earlier on this season, I believe we won 1-0. Helped us get back on track. Um, started kind of the resurgence. Uh, Saka started us off in the sixth minute. Kieran Turney in the 44th. Saka again in the 67th. Lacazette with a penalty in the 84th. And my new favorite, Emile Smith-Rowe, in the 91st. Arsenal were all over Norwich from the outset here. 16 shots on target, 6 on goal, and 65% possession versus 4-2 and 35 for the Finches. Um, and Arsenal just lined up really the way that I would have wanted them to. Uh, Xhaka and Thomas Partey seem to not be an issue again here. Uh, Weren't necessarily contested all that much, in my opinion. Uh, A booking for both of them, though. Should be noted. Uh, Tierney Gabriel holding and White at right back, filling in for Tomiyasu, who did not play in this game. Um, They all did a good job. Nice clean sheet. Ramsdale, like I said, again, not tested too much. Martinelli, Odegaard, and Saka across um, that sort of attacking line with Lacazette up top. Man, that is a frightening and very threatening, um, line. It was unfortunate to not see Martinelli get a goal in this game. I'm hoping he can carry his confidence on. Maybe we'll see him sort of, you know, really have a couple good games against larger clubs. I would like to see that to, to kind of cement him as a a part of this team officially. Um, but otherwise I think this is, you know, it's nice to beat up on a team that's really shitty. It's just a way to pump your confidence up, you know?
1: Yeah, but it might be false confidence with this team probably being the worst in the league. Yeah. Um and and you're speaking of big teams to face. Your next two, you have Man City on Saturday, yep. and then uh you have a North London Derby mid mid month.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, you have big matches coming up there. Uh I'm um, seeing here Arsenal have scored more goals in their last two Premier League away games being nine than they managed in their first eight on the road this season, uh at six. And there's, it says, this is the first time the Gunners have netted four-plus goals in consecutive away games in the competition since April of 2009. So, wow. is the answer the youth? Is this the way to go? Is Mikel finally, in his three years there, found the, the solution, the style he's been looking for? Or is there maybe one or two pieces left?
0: Well, I think that to answer the broader question – You can't just go with youth. Um, That's not really going to be the answer. Um, You know, to relate it sort of to, I want to relate it to the NFL. Um, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, um, that team's not going to be successful in the long run because they don't have experienced guys blocking for star players. And you need experienced guys uh, on a football, on a football, real football, not NFL. Um, you need guys on the pitch as well. Guys that are gonna be able to teach. Uh Lacazette is one of them, but just having, you know, youth Odegaard's young, Saka's young, Martinelli's young. Those are three guys that are stars. Uh Tomiyasu's, you know, middle of the park, but Ben White's another guy. Tyranny. They're not that old. Um so Your i th- whole back
1: line's twenty four, holdings twenty six. Yeah, uh, Odegaard's 23, and then Saka and um, Smith are like 20.
0: Yeah, that's a young team, really young team. Um, I, think, I think they
1: average the youngest squad in the Prem.
0: Yeah, so, you know, it, it's nice. It's really nice as a fan now to know that, you know, we may have some of these guys for some time if we decide to renew their contracts, and hopefully we do that. Um, but it's, it's probably not going to be enough to win the league. You know, we, we need somebody we're going to need more off the bench. Yeah, we're just going to need so much more. Um and I don't know if Arsenal are looking to win the league, you know. It'd be nice to think that they are, but realistically,
1: what would the successful season this year be for you in your your opinion? What would your expectations top, be top, at this point?
0: Top 4 would be overachieving, I think.
1: Like FA Cup, League Cup.
0: Um You're FA in the Cup
1: semi-finals for the League Cup, you got to match up against um who do you guys play? Is it Leicester?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: I'm gonna double check that.
0: Um yeah, I think top four and League Cup would be fine. Uh you just play Liverpool. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, see ya. Um, that game's
1: on the on the sixth that's coming up.
0: Yeah, well they seem they almost they tried to throw that fucking matchup against Leicester, so um yeah. you know, maybe we'll we'll edge them there. I don't know. Yeah, it's... it's so just get
1: back in Europe.
0: Yeah, that's what I want. And then, to be honest with you, once we get back into Europe, the team will fall, probably fall apart again uh, because there's not enough depth. That's is what's going to happen. I was thinking about that today. But, oh,
1: Mikel hasn't finished in a European spot yet.
0: Yeah. And he's had, what, a one full season, a half season, two full seasons? Yeah. No, yeah.
1: They didn't finish in a European spot, but I think just because they won the FA Cup, it qualified them.
0: Yes. So we'll have to see, but you know, uh, it's nice to see Arsenal scoring goals again. I miss that. All right, let's move on. City six, Leicester City, Manchester City six, Leicester City three. Oh, mother of God.
1: It I had eight different goal scorers.
0: I just don't think City ever, like, do they have an off day ever? Well, uh, it seemed
1: like in the start of the second half, there was a 10 minute span there where yeah, they were playing three goals. Leicester caught them because they play like Liverpool with a massively high line. Yep. And those wing, those wing backs or fullbacks, however you want to think of them, they play so far up that it's only two in the back and you can catch them so off guard. And they did in that 10 minute span.
0: Yeah. So, so. statistically, like to explain exactly what Matt just said, 28% possession for Leicester. They scored three goals in 10 minutes because City didn't adjust how high their line was. You know, in the from the 55th to the 65th minute, there was three different goal scorers, James Madison, Adam Luckman, and Kalechi Iannaccio. All of those guys scored in a tiny little span of time. And then after that 65th minute, um, Laporte got one, and then Raheem Sterling got another one uh, to kind of cap things off. But... It was uh it was strange and and quite scary I think for a minute there. Uh that was the first time I feel like in a while that we've seen city sort of like stumble and then not immediately catch their 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 fault. Um pep teams usually adjust super quickly and I think we have to give cre- like some serious credit to Leicester to actually finding that weakness and just hammering it for 10 minutes like that is crazy to score three goals like that in 10 minutes that's nuts um
1: but it just seemed like they made two to three passes and they were in They yeah. didn't over they didn't over complicate it it was find the striker get a run off him and slip that guy in and you're good
0: yeah it's like when you find an exploit in a game and you're like oh well, i'm just gonna keep doing it then if it works and they did it exactly. <laughs> three times it was crazy to watch because uh, there's
1: no shot Laporte and Diaz are catching Lookman and, and no, Iannaccio right. in a foot race. I mean, we know how fast they are. They can be positionally they're great, slow, right? yeah. but they're never gonna catch them in a foot race.
0: No, absolutely not. And that that's a that's a really interesting thing. You know, they have two really Zinchenko's not that quick, but Cancelo is super quick. He can be all over the pitch and he's technically very gifted. Um positionally even, I think he's talented too. But Diaz and Laporte um, are just technically sound and positionally sound. They are not all that athletic. Um, so, you know, when you get caught out like that, you're you're pretty much toast, and that was the story here. This was an entertaining game. I mean, like you said, eight different goal scorers. That was crazy to see. Um, Raheem Sterling is in red-hot form. You know, the guy's got probably four or five in three games now, I think, if if I'm recalling correctly. It's probably four. Um He looks great, uh, even with his aging, and it seems like he's going to be staying at City. I know Barcelona were coming knocking, uh, but they're going to be satisfied having just taken Ferran Torres from Pep instead. Um,
1: He's he's got five in his last four.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's that's fantastic. So good to see Um, City again, you know, just so dominant. I don't see how anybody's going to stop them.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we saw Man City go up 4-0 inside 25 minutes here. Um, Everybody thought the game was dead there, so I give credit to Leicester for staying in it and um, Rodgers giving them a halftime speech to want them to keep playing uh, because we've seen multiple times this year teams go down 3-4-0 and uh, they completely lose any motivation to play the game. And uh, this was this tied for the most uh, goals in a Boxing Day match since 1991, uh, nine goals, so it lived up to the hype. There, um, is this going back to that point I made with the counter attack and the high line stuff? Because Liverpool, we saw them get exposed with that against West Ham. Is that the blueprint to beat these teams? Is it you have to be on, you have to be ten out of ten uh, in focus on defense, and then when it comes to counters, when you get those two to three chances, you have to capitalize on it. Is that the way to beat them?
0: Yeah, I think it is. Um, I think it... Well, I said earlier that Pep teams adapt really quickly, right? Um, I think the only way you beat City is if you find a weakness, you exploit it, and then you lock the fuck down. Um, I don't think you can come from behind to beat Manchester City I, because they pour it on so yeah. thick and so fast. Like You have to score first. You, you have to score first, and then you have to pack it the fuck in and not move... Don't let them into the 6-18 to because once you do, they're going to score. They have so many threats, and they get goals from all over the pitch. If it's not the midfield, it's up top, and if it's not up top, it's the midfield, and if it's neither of those, the defenders can score. Um, We've seen Ruben Diaz score. We've seen Cancelo score. He assists a lot of goals as well. Um, They're just so solid all over the place. And We talk about the team chemistry um, with West Ham. Take that whatever chemistry West Ham has and quadruple it, and that's how city play. It's just so crazy to see, and as much as I want to hate them i I just don't because I think that they they are a a marvel to watch.
1: yeah, they've gotten eleven clean sheets out of nineteen games this year in the Premier League alone um Last thing I guess I'll ask, you, do you think this is the best Guardiola Man City team he's ever had
0: um strangely yes the star power I think is not as heavy as it has been um in in some recent years but I would have to say yeah I think so um when you look at the page like who like who jumps out you know um De Bruyne jumps out for me um Maybe Mar- Sterling and Marez jump out, and Cancelo. Like, the rest of these guys are kind of journeymen. Fernandinho, he's great, but he's a average Premier League player. He's just worked really hard, and he, he does really well at City. Gunduan, same thing, journeyman, been all over. Um, and then maybe I would say Ruben Diaz. That's that's another guy that's been a star. But, yeah, you know, I, when I think of City, I think of Yaya Torre. I think of... Um, David Silva I think of Aguero like these are crazy names and I just think that you know not that ne- you don't necessarily see all that all that many crazy names there's no Holland there's there's no Lewandowski in this team Um, and look at the results they get every week it's crazy
1: yeah so they're on track to match what they did um, in their back-to-back winning seasons of 17-18 and 18-19 where They put up 100-point and 98-point seasons to win the title. Um, They could definitely reach that. In those years, they scored 106 goals and 95 goals, and currently they're on 50. So, um, They play a bunch of those teams. They put six, seven goals on again. Do you think they can get 110 this year?
0: They could if they keep pouring it on against the really shitty teams. I mean, they put six past Leicester, who who have a defensive nightmare right now, but... Yeah, yeah. Leicester
1: has to play Liverpool on Tuesday.
0: That's going to be another bloodbath, I think. Mm -hmm. Crazy. I think Um, we can move on. Yeah, okay. Aston Villa won. We just sucked uh, City's dick for like 20 minutes. Uh, (laughs) Villa won, Chelsea three. Reese James' own goal has Villa ahead in the 28th minute when Chelsea come from behind. Jorginho scores his signature penalty in the 34th. Big Rom gets some time scores in the 56th and Jorginho with another penalty to cap things off in the 93rd minute that Reese James credited own goal. Um, when I saw that go in, I I got a text from another Chelsea fan and he was like, yep, dude figures. Um, and I was like, nah, I don't, I don't think Chelsea are going to let this one slip. Like, I don't think that they're going to lose to Villa. And what do you know? They come back. Um, they get their, their penalty goal, which brings them back into the game. Uh, man, Chelsea get a lot of penalties and they always convert, uh, which is nice to see, but, uh, Chelsea needed this game so bad, don't you think? Yeah
1: absolutely because if we don't win this we're 9 points behind city yeah um which is hor- horrific and and we're only 3 ahead of arsenal now so then we're in a different ta- uh, we're having a different conversation at this point um yeah Jorginho, 9 goals this year all penalties and all competitions he beat he's already beaten his uh, tally from last year when he ended up being the, the club leading goal scorer with 7 yep. so now we we've, we've figured out a little bit of a scoring issue um, not entirely though. Um, our team, we I think we're the number one team this year with uh, most goals from defenders, um, which isn't a horrible problem. But um, my boy Romelu Lukaku, man, hundred twenty five million dollar man, he was the difference yeah. here when he came off the bench. Uh, everybody forgot what what it was what it looked like having that type of player up front because we love Polisic. sick. But that's just not where he's meant to be, and you saw the difference when you have a pure dominant central striker in the game, and what his what effect he can have on it. Because when he had the ball, he completely turned the tide of the game. Those center backs went from little skinny Pulisic to a, a man, a mountain of Lukaku, and they could not tame him. He literally dominated them. Yeah, and it was all it was all capitalized, or it was all what am I trying to say? It was capsulated in that in the last penalty earned for Jorginho in the 93rd where he was sent through, he bullied Target, he, he's a full pace ahead of Kahn's and Collins just has to take him down. Um, the guy won us the game there, he has to stay healthy um, because if he does, he's going to bag 10 to 15 goals at this point and he will secure us top four, guaranteed, and he'll keep us in this title race. So. Um, it all relies on him. Conte is having major injury issue crisis. Um, he cannot stay healthy. It's becoming a real issue. I don't know what we're going to have to go with there, if we have to go in the market in the summer, or if we we have faith in him that he can clean clean his act up and really take care of himself. Um, Tiago Silva, always an MVP in my eyes, yeah. even at his age. This guy... Is like Ebro and Ronaldo, he just ages like fine wine. Yep. He just knows where to be on the field at all times. He waits patiently for that opportunity to make his move. It's kinda of like how Maldini used to play. Um he mm-hmm. didn't have to make many tackles, but when he did, it was always clean. Um he's a pleasure to watch. Um Chaloba made some great moves. Uh Jorginho controlled the middle. It's just that attack. It's the attack where if we all have similar attributes in those front three, it's not going to affect that back line. But when you have Lukaku with his style, and then you also have to worry about Mount or Pulisic off the wings, um, Timo Werner, um, it adds a lot of problems to those defenders. So having him back is a major big Plus, um, we're going to find out what Chowell's status is. I think he's having a scan this week, whether it's going to be long-term. I think it's a partial ACL tear um, because Alonso hasn't been looking um, how he did at the beginning of the year. So um, I'm happy with the result. I said last uh, episode I was scared about this game. I was at the start, but um, Lukaku made me feel a lot at ease.
0: Yeah. I. I worry about Lukaku getting like he needs if when he, if he gets back all the way up to top fitness, like because when he first came in, he was in unbelievable shape. Like he looked fantastic. He had an injury, then he had COVID and I'm hoping that he can just get back to not from an Arsenal fans perspective. Cause I don't ever want to see him on the pitch to be honest, if I'm talking yeah. about that, but um, as a fan of the league and, you know, just wanting to, you know, have, competitive, um, parody. Um, you want him to just be at full strength because I know what a unhealthy Lukaku looks like, and it's really bad. And his touch gets super heavy when he's too heavy. And I just, if he can get himself back into full shape and he was sucking wind in this game, I was watching it. Um, yeah. it'll be, you'll be fine. You know, uh, he he's 100% worth every dollar that you guys paid for him. Uh, It's just a matter of him staying committed to the fitness regime. And I think that that really is just what happened at Inter. Um, He started to understand what he needed to do to be the best striker and player that he could be. And I think he'll get right back to it. But um, that was my one worry. That was kind of my big takeaway from this one was that he was uh, was definitely sucking wind in that kind of short time that he was on.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're going to see him at full fitness until I think after, Yeah, uh, or maybe during the FA Cup period. I don't think he's going to get a, a strong 90 minutes until then because um, I think this next game, maybe he'll get another 45 against Brighton, but um, we need him against Liverpool this weekend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll move on. Matt didn't watch this one, he said. Um, I watched a little bit of it. I watched the first half. I started off after... Excuse me, two-nil. Um, Leandro Trossard scores in the 34th for Brighton, draws them uh, ahead. Neil Maupai gets one in the 42nd, and that was it. Uh, they locked things down. Brentford couldn't get on the other end of the ball, couldn't convert. Uh, relatively square game, uh, pretty even if we look at the statistics: 16 to 15 on shots, six to five on shots on target. Um, and split down the middle 5149 in terms of possession uh Brentford just just like I said you know kind of couldn't get things going tony slotted back in after having some serious time off um, and I think they're trying to get back to the pace they were at at the beginning of the season unfortunately matt and I were saying earlier um they probably just blew their wad a little early I don't think that Brentford or any sort of World beater, they don't even seem to be as um, scary as Leeds were last season when they were really kind of doing it up. Uh, I just think Brentford are are very average, and they'll probably finish right around 13, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. From the highlights, I saw uh, Brighton early on controlled the game, uh, had clean chances, uh, phenomenal finish from Trasard, chip and the goalkeeper. Um, and then Mupai scoring against his former club, top bins. So, yeah, I think Brentford, like you said, they blew their water early. I think they're flat-lying a bit. They don't really have the horses to play at that tempo every single game, week in and week out. Um, but I think they're committed to the cause, and I think they'll definitely show up um, to stay up in the league this year 100%, because there are some future teams below them right now that um, if they keep doing what they're doing right now, I think they're safe. But... Um, Brighton's end, they finally got their first win in almost three months, probably. Um, so they finally broke the curse there. Um, keeps them in the top ten there. Um, Lampy consecutive games now. He's looking very nice. He's fitting back into that system well. Um, the Brighton back line got a couple guys back now from injury. So they're looking on the up and up. They got a matchup against Chelsea this week. That should be a, a clash of possession here. Um, so that'll be an interesting matchup for them. Uh, Brentford, on the other hand, I think they, uh, yeah, they play Man City, so good luck with that. Uh, and yeah, I guess both teams, it's whatever, I don't know, it wasn't that interesting of a game.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, all right, let's move on. We have, oh no, sorry, that's the preview. Uh, Newcastle and United, this was today, good God. Uh, St. Max doing St. Max things in his Louis Vuitton headband, opening the scoring, In the seventh minute at James Park, it wasn't until the 71st that Edinson Cavani, murder for hire, brought one back. The two teams had no choice but to share the points. And wow, what a tremendous letdown for Manchester United. They did dominate statistically. Um well, not necessarily in possession sense. They dominated. They held most of the ball. However, Newcastle were pretty good on the counter. Had eight shots on target on their thirteen shots, um, and they were really just looking to score in this game. Callum Wilson up top with Saint Max, Jolenton, Shelby, Longstaff, and Fraser behind. Jolenton was dropped back into like a center defensive mid roll in parts of this game, which was bizarre to see. Um, but it was it was strange, you know. Um Ralph Ragnick playing his signature V, I like to call it, with um, you know, kind of the pairings Greenwood and Ronaldo, Fernandez and Rashford and Fred and McTominay. Um, Or Um Ra- four triple two. Uh I think Rashford is playing out of position. Uh I just he looks kind of like a shell of what he was last season. I I have a lot of questions about this United team. And for me, um, Matt said when he joined the call Rochester United are back and oh games like this make me want to agree
1: yeah I mean you could tell it was one of those games where Ronaldo's getting pissed Uh, McTominay gets hurt early on and Ronaldo is literally berating him while he's on the ground publicly like he's just not holding back. It's like an old person just not holding back their true feelings. I'll let you know how they feel. Yeah. Um, he, he doesn't give a shit. Uh, it's t- uh, My thing is, like, do you think it was a bad move bringing him back? Like, does he? Because I saw Buffon say that um, when when Ronaldo came to Juventus, they completely lost the identity, the club identity, where it was a team idea, like how it was always about the team. And when when Ronaldo came there, it was an um, an individual because I think this calendar year Ronaldo was the team leading scorer, even after months after he left. Do you think he's having a similar effect on this team, or does it is it more about like Fred and those type of players?
0: Um,
1: like they they can't get the attackers the ball.
0: Well, I think that it's kind of a combination of both. I mean, I hate to use that because it's like a cop out answer, but. Um, Fred and McTominay, obviously not what you want back there. Um, you know, no, we don't have Pogba right now. He'll slot back in hopefully when he's healthy, if he doesn't move. Um, but I don't think Ronaldo was a move for them. I think they could have, um,
1: we've they, talked about this before. It was a marketing move. Yeah. It was all marketing, a, a, but then more of a team soccer move.
0: Yeah. But that can still, I mean, it hurts you still, you know, in the long run, if, if, The goal, if the club's money, club's goal is only money. Jesus Christ. Um, If that's their only goal is to make money on shirt sales. Okay. But be transparent about it, or at least make it kind of transparent. If you want to win, I don't think you make that move for Ronaldo. I think you look for somebody younger. Um, Or you let Rashford play up top because he's an actual striker and he's really talented. You also have Greenwood and Greenwood, who's young and really talented, even younger than Rashford, and
1: even before Ronaldo got there, Greenwood was scoring in consecutive I games. I know,
0: yeah, he was looking. He looked fantastic. I remember your dad had him in fantasy; It was crushing it. Um, yeah, I mean the Veron move was good. I think Tellez is actually really good out on the left. He kind of has a, um, you know, he's he's being competitive for a spot there. I just think that if you short spent that money wage wise shoring up the midfield that you have a better team here. Yeah. It's great to see Ronaldo in a United shirt, but I don't know. He he seems kind of to me like a locker room cancer, a little bit uh toxic.
1: Yeah, it seems like that. Um and we we've, we've seen past comments from Ragnick in the past year saying like Luke Shaw's not the guy. Paraphrasing a bit, and this, I think it's the third or fourth game in a row now with him there that Luke Shaw's on the bench and Juan yeah. Um Do you think this team's like one holding mid and like uh, a similar fullback to like a Reese James or like a Robbo away from like being a top four title contender?
0: Um I think they're a midfield overhaul away, but.
1: Because there are talks of like Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips. We were we were messaging about Rafinha potentially leaving. Yeah. Um, it seems like Leeds is a sinking ship, so mm-hmm. Calvin Phillips might be on the out. He's a great person to pick up if you need a holding mid. Which man United is a top can uh, excuse me a top contender in that area of the field uh, because we saw Fred today make another ten turnovers unnecessary. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I mean. You put Pogba let's say Pogba stays. You put Pogba and Calvin Phillips next to each other or Pogba ahead of him. I mean, that's that's gonna be something pretty special. You you fix the mid you fix the center back situation. You have Iran in there, you get another center back, or you give Bai a real shot. Um, I think the team's good. I, I don't I don't like this formation either, by the way. Um no. I think it's fucking shit, I think it's flat. Uh, I know Ragnick is kind of an older guy, a little bit of bodies in the middle. Yeah. It's just, it it seems empty where it shouldn't be and then really crowded where it shouldn't be. So I just don't think this is the one um, for them and we'll see if things get changed up, but um, it is interesting to me to see um, Dio, Dio and um, Alex Tellez out there, you know, slotted them right in for the left and right back who had the first team spot. Uh, with Ali and I don't think um Juan Masaka is that bad, actually, I think he's pretty good, so that's interesting to me, but
1: your Newcastle is the last thing Are you happy with the point, or do you feel like you should have won the game
0: i mean you you can't be disappointed with a point right now as Newcastle against Manchester united oh, right
1: i mean I mean Burnley's one spot ahead of them they're they're tied on points, but Burnley have four matches in hand on them. Yeah, Wat Watford's the next two ahead of them, but they have three games on them.
0: Yeah, so this they, and, ha- they have to get they
1: have to get wins.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm sure that they wanted to have wins, right? I mean, of course, but um, you have to take what you can get as Newcastle right now. Any right. any point gain is is positive. I think they're they're that far down that you just have to take what you can get. And against a top six club, well, they're actually right. not top six; they're in seventh, but. Um, you know, of a club of that caliber, you got to smile and just keep walking. I think.
1: Well, their next five are are must win situations. They play Everton twice, Leeds, Southampton, and Watford.
0: I think they nick one of those Everton matches, actually.
1: Yeah, I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards this Thursday potentially.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. With all the congestion, you know, this is a good opportunity for teams to sneak um, and steal some points. All right, we're about. 45 minutes into the show, we're going to give you our rapid fire predictions. Um, before you know, I'll get this out tonight, you'll have the predictions by the time tomorrow morning's games go off. Southampton versus Tottenham at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Um, oh boy, Southampton overperformed against West Ham. I think they're going to come back down to earth in this game against Tottenham. And I really like Tottenham's uh, chances of continuing along that path that they're going on. They know they have games in hand, and I think they're carrying a lot of momentum right now.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Spurs as well. I think that front three, when they're firing how they are now in the past two games, they are a dangerous team to play. Um, Coming off that Liverpool momentum, how they played against those guys, um, it's a serious it's a serious um, thing to watch, and I don't think this back line can hold them for the entire 90. And I don't know if they can score three goals against this Tottenham team. Sure, they could, but um, I think Tottenham can match that. So I'm going to go with Spurs.
0: Um, okay, Watford versus West Ham up next. West Ham bounce back, in my opinion. Watford are super mediocre, and I don't need to say anything else.
1: Yeah, I think Wadford are mediocre too, but I don't know. This could be a big trap game, Wadford having um, some time off, but still the same players are out. They're completely depleted in that back line. Still no Saar out wide, so they have to rely on their boy Dennis, who's been killing it this year, um, and hope Josh King can supply some support too. Um, West Ham, still going to be no Cresswell. Um he's having real problems coming back from this back injury. Um and he's their main set piece guy. He's massive for them when it comes to those plays. Um as well as Declan Re- Declan Rice is suspended for this game now from yellow card accumulation. So for the first time, he's gonna miss a match this year. So they're gonna have to slide Mark Noble in there potentially. So that's gonna be a major um structure issue for them. So I think this might be a low scoring affair. Um I wanna say West Ham here, but I'm going to take a chance and go with a draw.
0: All right. Um, okay. Crystal Palace versus Norwich City up next. Man, this game reeks, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no Zaha. Um, it doesn't matter who's on for Norwich. Um, it seems like other than Pookie, there's no sort of threat. Um. I don't know. I honestly want to say a draw or a palace here, but I could definitely see a Norwich win here. Uh, I I'll go that far. Even I can definitely see that. Um, but that whole back line is going to be back now. They're all fit for Palace, and that was a major boost for them. Um, hmm. I don't know. I just don't know if they're going to have enough up, up front without Zaha. I don't know because you can't rely on Gallagher to week in and week out perform like he's Frank Lampard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, hmm. Do you know what you want to think? I'm still trying to think here. Yeah, try to...
0: Palace straight up.
1: Yeah, you're just not even thinking about it.
0: Nope, fire from the hit, baby. Hmm.
1: I'm gonna. It's at Palace here. I don't know if that's gonna matter. Vieira was out with COVID, so yep. he probably won't be there for this match either. I think that was a big difference for them as well. If you want to think about it, um, I think all the teams that didn't have their manager there lost this weekend. Um. Uh, this is probably going to be my flyer of the week. I'll go with Norwich.
0: Okay. All right. Um, I think it's important to go out on a limb with one game per week, so that's probably a good one to do it. Yeah. Um, okay. Liverpool versus Leicester City is up next. That's the 3 p.m. game tomorrow. Oh, I love the wave have three 10 a.m. games. It's going to be lit. Um, I'm taking Liverpool. I mean, Leicester defensively still down. Down awful. Um, I just think that their situation is astronomically bad, and Liverpool should capitalize on that. If they don't, then I have questions about them.
1: Yeah. Last time these guys played was, um, what was that last February? Uh, Leicester won 3 1 on the day, scoring set three goals in a seven minute period. Um, and Liverpool dominated possession. Um, Leicester had more chances. But I think with with Liverpool having a, de- a couple extra days off um, more than Leicester, Leicester only having one day to prepare for this game is going to be a big problem, especially coming off a of city annihilation. Um, you have to go with Liverpool here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, just no other options, really. Okay, we have Everton versus no we don't. We have Chelsea versus Brighton up next Wednesday, December 29th, 2:30 p.m. These are all late games it looks like on Wednesday and Thursday. Um Chelsea continue their dominance. They get a 2-0 win in my opinion.
1: Yeah, this is this is the big club day. I'm going to go with with Chelsea here. I think I think this will be like the Villa game. It'll be tightly contested, probably very low scoring. Um but I think if Lukaku starts, we shouldn't have any problem. So I'm going to go with Chelsea there.
0: Yeah, I think he'll get 45 minutes and then probably come off for somebody else. Uh, what's yeah. the deal with Timo?
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going on what's with him. What's up with I'm, him? I'm surprised he wasn't on the bench. Yeah. I'm looking here. It's saying that uh, he well, he had COVID, so yeah. he's dealing with recovery there. So yeah. they're, say, they're saying uh, his re- estimated return is this game. So okay. he, might be, he might be a 45-minute swap or something, but... If not, we'll probably get like Polosic or, or uh, Hudson O'Doy off the bench for him. Yeah. All
0: right. Okay. So City versus Brentford is next. That's 315 on Wednesday, December 29th. Now, listen, if this was any other team besides Manchester City, I would say I'm famous for this line. They are due for a slip up. However, City look unstoppable the only thing i could see was the counter attack and i don't think brentford's front line is fast enough to capitalize on the counter if city even present that opportunity for a moment but that being said i'm going to take manchester city to win and if you're betting on the game whatever the spread is take it
1: i mean when it comes to big clubs this year brentford has done reasonably well from themselves wins over arsenal yeah uh draw with liverpool um yeah. they should have beat chelsea but chelsea are in the points on the day um as well as beating west ham so they, they they can hold their own against big clubs but man city is on a rampage right now so i think they're gonna fall into the in the storm and i think the city here
0: you think city here yeah I think that's probably where most of the money's going to be if I looked at yeah. the uh distribution, I'm sure it would scare me.
1: I'd be minus 800.
0: Yeah, oh, probably more. Um Everton versus Newcastle up next. This is where my flyer is. Um I'm taking a draw in this game. Everton should probably win if we're looking at quality on paper. Newcastle should win if we're looking at how awful Everton have been and how you know relatively well they played against united i'm not gonna listen to either of those things um my heart's telling me a draw one one draw and that's what i feel so i'm gonna go with draw
1: mm-hmm. yeah i don't know um there's Saint max picked up a little bit of knock in today's game um And they're saying Callum Wilson's also going to be a doubt for this one as well, with picking up a calf injury as well from today. So those are the main two attackers on this team. Uh, And Everton as well will also be without all their main attackers. So you're going to look at an absolute snooze fest here, in my opinion. Um, But for some reason, I I, I don't know why I have this feeling with, with Newcastle, and it's ridiculous, but I'm going to go with Newcastle to win. They have to get a win sooner or later.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, and the last game of the week Manchester United versus Burnley. Burnley finally back in action after a couple weeks off because of the COVID shit. I love Burnley in this game. <laughs> I do.
1: Two in a row.
0: I love Burnley. I'm going to take them straight up. Mm-hmm. I, ha- yeah. I have to do a crazy one. And and I like it. I mean, I think if there's a chance that a team is going to knock United off, it's going to be Burnley, who are really solid. Well, relatively solid at the back and in the middle of the park. I think we see Cornette should be back, right?
1: I think he may be like half of the game. He's okay. still coming back from like COVID, I think.
0: Oh, I love a Cornette goal. I do. So yeah. I'm going to take Burnley in this one. I know that's a little bit of a flyer, but I like it.
1: I don't think it's two in a row here. I think United get the win.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can see it for sure. All right. I think that's it. Um, I think we're just around an hour. Um, I'm having a, such a hard time when I record these days, like keeping my mind um, focused. The words aren't coming to me as naturally as they once were. Maybe it's because my brain is just shut off a little bit. Now that school's done. Um, yeah
1: you're not like jumping from one task to another for 14 16 hours a day
0: it's nice i mean and it's only two days after christmas you know i would still normally be on christmas break i'm gonna enjoy a couple weeks off after christmas um got some things i've got to do around the house that i never got to get done while i was in school um It'll be nice. So yeah, I'm excited to watch uh games, all these games the next couple days. And I would imagine you and I will probably have a new episode out for these guys maybe what Thursday? Friday? Friday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I think I think having it out Friday would be good, right? Um New Year's Eve.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. That sounds It'll good. It'll take
1: us into the new year.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we will see you guys then. Um Make sure you check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and uh, SoundCloud. That's where we have the show. You can rate, review, and subscribe on all three of those platforms. We are also on social media at Post20Pod, Instagram and Twitter primarily. Um, and that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Take care of yourself. Stay healthy. With no Omicron going crazy. And we'll see you guys next week. Take care.